podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening and welcome back to the Cop Ice podcast. It's Mick and it's Christian once again, but we've got a special guest to help us um, hopefully feel better about Liverpool and the Reds. It's uh, it's TV chef and massive Liverpool fan, Simon Rimmer. Simon, how's it going? Hi, boys. All right, not too bad. Well, depressing, obviously, at the moment, uh, football-wise, but yeah, apart from that, all right. Yeah, because we've just been discussing there just briefly before we started recording about the last time you were on for the the famous fans show, and it turned out we'd only played one game, which was the Fulham game, which was the two two. So I was just saying, like we were still a bit like, what's going on with Liverpool? Are they going to be shit again um, after the twenty twenty one season? Uh, but uh, it's been a what have you made of it? Like generally, it's been a. I mean, after the Fulham game, I think that was a obviously a sign of things to come with Liverpool being well, quite it was, inconsistent. Yeah, it was funny because the Fulham game, it felt like we played at sort of half-paced. And I thought the back end of last season, we looked leggy. And I thought that when we played Fulham, it was the same thing. You sort of think, say like the Champions League final. And whilst I thought we were the better team, we didn't ever really look like we were on our A game at all. Um, And I thought it it was telling that Ancelotti said, well, Liverpool are quite easy to play against. And I think... Those were very prophetic words, really, weren't they? Because I think fundamentally, to sum up our season, that's exactly what we have been, with with a couple of notable exceptions. Yeah, and I think well, me and Christian mentioned on the um, the very long Brentford review, which was like an hour, because we just kept having the rants for like, and we were discussing about like how we've came a little bit predictable, like you mentioned, Simon, and like we've not the the way that we're playing at the moment. It seems to be try and get a goal by whipping the ball in from Trent and yeah. Robertson, if that's not the plan. And then, and you haven't got Jota and Diaz in the team who are capable um, of running at people and makes, making things happen. And we, we become quite one-dimensional, dimensional, don't yeah. we? Which is, which is a shame. And, and obviously, when you look at the table, currently... I think, nothing, I think nothing happens from midfield. I think in defence of kind of those tactics in the past, I think they've worked very well for us over the last few years. But then... If that didn't work, then we would retrieve the ball in that final third and put pressure back on. Whereas now, you whip a ball in and if it doesn't come to anything, which invariably it doesn't, then literally the opposition go down the other end of the field and put us under pressure. Almost without exception, whether you're playing Man City, Man United, Brighton, Bournemouth, even Everton. You know, it doesn't matter who we play. We're, we're very easy to go from their penalty area to ours with almost no no possible interception. With the exception of Thiago, I don't think I've seen anybody put a decent tackle in this season. Yeah, and I think there was a, a sort of like a, a graphic on this about like how we've dropped from like first and second in like distance covered sprints and, and other like quite important like clop metrics. We've gone to like 11th, 12th and 16th in all those metrics. And that's like, it's like a big indictment on the way that yeah. we're kind of not... I mean, even when teams play the long ball against us, it's it's even they get even joy. I think Brentford were perfect at that, like even just bypassing the midfield completely and and, and playing the long ball over into the into the channels. That that has that's always had joy against us, but I feel like it's having even more joy. I don't know if that's like a confidence thing as well, missing intertwined with the the midfield issues. But what did you what did you make of the 
I mean, we, we talked a little bit after the, the Leicester game and uh, yeah. while, while FaZe got two goals, got us got us the win, but it was kind of, I don't know if it was papering over the cracks of what a, a, a weird Liverpool performance as well. I have still to this day, I've no idea how we beat Leicester on that Friday <laughs> night because we were absolutely terrible. I don't think Leicester played particularly well, but at no point, and I think this is actually a symptom of the whole season, at no point do you ever feel there's a concerted amount of pressure and success during a game. Like Brentford game, coming back to that, first 15 minutes of second half, we did fine. And then we went back to walking again. We don't, that whole thing about, you know, the stats that you've just said, the, the amount that we move and the speed at which you move, it seems to have just all gone. It, it, it just feels weird that, that that Leicester game. I came off at the end, I, I sat back after it and was having a pint after the game. I go, I don't actually know what's going on there. We've got three points, but I feel like we've been beaten because we played as if we were defeated in that game. You know, at no point did we look like we were we, we deserved to win. Yeah, I think we were saying something similar, weren't we, Christian? Like the Villa game was. I think this actually the City game was. A bit of a mad one because it's the first game back. It was we were getting battered for large periods of it, but we we do well in very small steps. We do a, a little bit better in the Villa game. We looked a a lot better, but yeah. Villa had loads and loads of chances. If uh, Ollie Watkins had his shooting boots on, he could have got two or three. And then um, yeah. Leicester game, same again. It just gets to some, the point where Brentford go right. We know exactly what we need to do against these fellas, and just carried it out perfectly, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you yeah, kind of think without Allison this season, then where would we be? Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I, I think when from what we saw, like you said, Mick, from the City game, we had a uh, uh, good moments. We had good moments against Aston Villa as well. Leicester, I thought we were really bad, and obviously with their own goals, we actually made it. You know, we came through it quite easily just because, uh, you know. They, they scored the two own goals and uh, we got the three points and we were happy with that. But then we performed really, really bad against Brentford. Uh, and I read on Twitter as well and I listened to other pod- podcasts and I thought, you know, there was a point where people actually talk about it's not actually us not scoring enough because we do create chances. Yes, Nunez misses loads of chances. Salah has missed loads of chances as well. But we actually come into the opportunities, we get the chances, but we concede goals like never before. Oh. Like it's not it's not actually about us not scoring. It's about how we concede goals in stupid moments, in you know, the first couple of minutes, the way we defend. So it's more of a you know, that kind of problem is, you know, because people can talk sometimes about, oh, we're not scoring, or we miss chances. Yeah, but that's not the biggest problem, mate. It's actually us defensively at the moment. If, like you said now, Simon, if it wasn't for Alisson, I don't know how many goals we would have conceded, you know, against, you know, without yeah. any, you know, disrespect, like less better teams. But uh, yeah, so we need to sort that out first. And it comes down to what I think is actually the midfield because we don't have the legs anymore. It seems like no one no. actually is up for it. There's no engine in there anymore. Everything looks really slow and sloppy and there's no intensity. And I don't know, everything just, you know, started to go downhill as soon as Pep Linders released that book. <laughs> so it's well, it's well, a typical well, Liverpool well, thing. Yeah, when I was on last time, I, I saw. I said, I said to Mick, I don't know said it on the on the part of whether I said it sort of just chatting to you, Mick, that I genuinely feel that this sounds a weird one. That the start of our decline was after we won the Champions League. So when we won the Champions League, and allegedly Klopp sort of said, I don't need to sign anybody else. I'm happy with what I've got. 
And even then, after we after we'd won the Champions League against Spurs, we all knew that Oxy Chamberlain was always going to be injured and wasn't really, really good enough. That you still were looking at Henderson at the wrong end of 20, Milner at the start of his kind of 30s, and you kind of go, surely that can't be that can't be the case. Then you look at like, you know, kids like Curtis Jones, who hasn't developed and I, you know I've got to say I don't think he'll ever be good enough to be somebody that we we can ever rely on and we didn't invest in the midfield from that point and with the exception of Thiago we haven't signed a midfielder in four years and it's no wonder that, that that's not coming back to that and of course the fact that Fabinho he looks like a completely different player to the one that we had even 12 months ago never mind two years ago yeah, I, f- I feel like he's a. It looks like he's aged about five years and a year, and that's just like really, really weird to see, isn't it? But yeah, I think yeah. I've said before, like we, when you look back in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. You can you can say this now, like maybe we didn't strengthen at the right times, like you said, Simon, with after winning the league and etc. Maybe getting a player that's going to be blooded into the system is going to be twenty one, twenty two by the time we've come around. Now be twenty five, ready to go, and would would be set up with another world-class midfielder to kind of take over from. I mean, you kind of, I mean, the likes of Naby Keita, the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain, injuries, Like, I mean, you can't predict what's going to happen in terms of severity of those and how often, like, just not never available uh, is the most frustrating thing. But what, what are your thoughts on, I mean, you just said about Curtis Jones, then what are your thoughts on, like, Harvey Elliott and, and Carvalho? Because they're in, 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 like, a bit of a grey area at the minute where it's, like, they're becoming, like, scapegoats online and know online's like a pile of shit like just people just spouting crap or do you think that they maybe need to go out on loan or do you feel like it we just need better quality in the squad and then they'll be pushed up to a better level from the back end of that i think the harvey elliott one is a weird one for me i think potentially it looks like he, he he could be a great player i hate him in that position i think he disrupts the rhythm of the team so massively so say when we have hendo trent and salah playing Historically, that that little trio has created so many chances over the over the last few seasons. You bung Harvey Elliott into that position, and suddenly there's a fourth side of that, and he doesn't add anything to it. That's not Harvey's fault. He he's told to play there. I'd almost I almost wish that he was playing on the other side of the pitch, playing on the left. He he, he seems to make poor decisions, but he's a young kid. He's he's nineteen. It feels that you know he, he's. It's too much too soon. Carvalho, I don't know. I mean, he looked amazing for Fulham last year, but there's a big difference playing for Fulham in the Championship and playing for Liverpool in the Prem. Neither of them seem as if they grab hold of the ball. Meanwhile, when, what's his name, Batisic, the kid that came on and scored that amazing goal against Villa, he came on and it looked like, I'm having a go here. I don't know whether almost Carvalho and Elliot are given too much instruction when they come on. So they've almost almost that that fluidity and that 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 young immature nature of them has been sort of trained or or or, or driven out of them somehow because they just don't seem to kind of actually I don't know what Harvey Elliott has actually done on the pitch this season and like I say I'm not slagging him off I just I just don't see what he's done. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, Christian? Because like it's it's difficult because I think when Liverpool were. Um, start of last season, whatever, and Harvey Elliott comes into the the side, starts loads of games, gets that bad injury against um, Leeds, isn't it? He does, he does really well. Uh, but yeah. I think like injuries, uh, having to come back from that, and then maybe Liverpool are in a different 
a different funk in terms of what they were. Like we were just systematic back then. We like we used to just roll teams over. If, even if we went one 0 behind, we knew the formula to get back in the game. Whereas now we're having to give the ball to the likes of Elliot and go, go on, mate, have a run, try and see if you can do something. And to be fair, to yeah. him, he's not the quickest, he's not the strongest, and obviously no. that'll get better no. as he gets older. But I think we're in a difficult position where um, if we're missing certain players, like I mentioned, Jota, Diaz, Firmino. Um. Yeah. Just. I mean, when you're missing the quality of that, the the, the impetus on uh for the younger lads to go and try and make something happen is is much greater, which is more pressure. And then it's just whether the these kids can stand the pressure, isn't it? I suppose as well. Yeah, and with Elliot as well, when he came also, in, you know, like a youngster, really good quality. Um, and you know, when he's played before his injury, I thought it was really, really good. And you know, we thought we really got like a really diamond here that can develop under Klopp and play in different positions, great with the ball. You know, he's good. He, you know, he seems to have like good vision and everything. But after his injury, obviously, he needs a bit of time to come back again. But I think the problem is now that Liverpool is not in function and. Obviously, one young player can't fix that. And I think it's, like Simon said as well, uh, in that position, I think he should play further up the field in like uh, the Firmino, Firmino role, like in a hole behind like a striker or something like that. I don't think it fits into a 4-3-3 at the moment. Maybe in a 4-2-3-1 and play in that number 10 role uh, would be better suited for him. Like, you know, driving the ball up like Keita did when he came on against um, yeah, Brentford as well. Uh, but I think, you know, Elliot and Cavalier should never be the one that we should be, you know, the players that we should rely on. So it's not their fault. They, they're still young. They're learning the trade and then they should be, you know, able to have the time to develop on the club. But at the minute, obviously, we have to put them into the team because we don't have other midfielders doing the job. We have some injuries as well. So obviously, they are just, you know, thrown into the action, but they shouldn't be the place we should rely on at this moment. What about him? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that, you know, the other elephant in the room really is that we don't often miss Marnie. I'm not saying it wasn't the right thing for him to go. He said he wanted to leave and that's fair enough. But I think that outlook, that, you know, whenever Robbo had the ball or if ever Trent had the ball or if ever somebody broke away, Mane's defensive work and constant, constant offering of being in space to do something was beyond reproach, really. And I think we've lost so much without having that. And don't get me wrong, Jota and Diaz coming back, that, that eases the pressure on that. But I think at the moment, I'm really seeing that thing where his work ethic and his ability, I think his other thing about him was his ability to change up the gears. I think that's another thing that we lack. I feel like we're completely one-paced all the time. You never feel there's a change of gearing. Nunes runs at a million miles an hour and then kind of misses chances. Salah, I feel, is, is very much off the ball. But we don't seem to have anybody who can go, like Mane will get the ball from a standing start to a sprint, to slow down, to sprint. He was just absolutely mesmerised defences. And we've lost that in a big way. Yeah, I think that was we mentioned the Christian on the um the Brentford preview. Like when you've got Robbo's on the bench, Simicas, and you've got Ox starting for I think it was his third league game in a row for the first time in like three years, which I think says a lot about Oxley Chamberlain and injury problems. And I just felt like Ox would get the ball, pick it up, show a bit of speed, but then Simicas is like labouring behind him because he's not as quick. It breaks down. And like you said, Simon, that that like and like I don't know, like electric, like nature yeah. from, from the wings. I think we're we're missing that a little bit. I think missing Diaz and Jota is massive because I think, like you said, those spaces that Mane can make that Mane usually takes up, um, or would have took up. I think Jota and Diaz would be closing those spaces down, 
and yeah. closing those spaces down that the, the midfield then don't have to close as many down, hopefully, because we then win the ball back quicker. So I think it's little things like that that Jothan Diaz can help. But yeah, I think even Diaz um, maybe needs to acclimatise to like Andy Robbo as well, because I don't think the synergy was quite there with Robbo and no. Diaz. To the Mane level, anyway, because Mane, Mane and Robbo, oh my God, it was just like it was like telepathic, weren't it? Like the, the, on the yeah. same wavelength, underlaps, overlaps, balls into the box. Mane running at defenders, it was it was magical to watch, and we're hopefully gonna get back to that stage. But I just wanted to like look at the like league table, and I mean, we we talked about like the start of the season with Fulham and stuff. Like we've had quite a few crazy like results, like getting beat two one by United um, at their place. That was horrible that was the first time mm. that i really questioned this liverpool team and yeah. like the energy like we just we just looked like i don't know just like we didn't look like we there was no effort and i don't think there was any control and i think that's kind of been a recurring theme hasn't it through through the season so far yeah the, the, you're right i think that was a really big turning point you think this is this is okay you know united signed a few players but we were basically the same team that absolutely battered them 5-1 and 4-0 last season and at no point during that game, even when we came back to 2-1, after we scored that goal, we didn't look at any point like we were going to equalise. They they still look the more likely to score another goal rather than us. And and in fact, you're right, Mick, I think from that point, I'm struggling to think, with the exception of the City game, when we've actually played really well. Yeah, I think that's the... That's the problem, really, because like Christian, like when we were talking about that game, and then we went on to beat Bournemouth nine <clears> nil. That was obviously a very large red heron in in this season because it was just like we just scoring <laughs> yeah. loads and loads of goals, and we we're like, oh, this is amazing. Liverpool are back. We then go on to beat Newcastle. Mentioned Carvalho, he gets a last minute winner. I was on holiday in like I can't remember where Greece, I think, and there was loads of loads of Man United fans in the pub. I was watching it, so that was like a really like big let off but like to win two in a row you then thought is this the start of Liverpool yeah. starting to claw it together we then go on to draw with Everton um which was just yeah I mean Nunes has a has a great chance doesn't he where Pickford tips it onto the bar and I think he hits the post with another shot as well um but yeah just like the the performances have just been either littered with like draws us not really turning up and like you mentioned Simon like the Man United game, we get the we get the one back, but we never look like we're gonna. I think it's similar to the no. Brentford game. Even when we we show a lot of energy to get the the one goal back, but after that, we just revert to type. We revert to passing it round, waiting yeah. for the space that isn't there because the teams know if they sit back, ten men behind the ball in the against this current Liverpool team, it's it's quite easy if you position the your defenders in the right way and you have the 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 right work ethic and, and outworkers, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna win against us. And it's that's how sad it is really, because it, it it never used to be like that. We used to be very energetic and, and closing the ball down. Yeah. So that, and that's the most frustrating thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think at that start of the season you go, okay, you know, it was it and it was a long, hard season last season. I think, you know, you take into account the fact that you know, the disappointments of missing out on the league by a point or by, and then missing out on the Champions League. Then we came back and we looked a bit under the weather. You think, OK, we'll come through this. But I would say that if I, if I was looking at the entire squad this season, I would say Alisson undoubtedly been our best player. I think Matip has been pretty consistent when he's played. Thiago, probably, yeah, after Alisson, our best performer. 
And then the only other player I would say who has now come back onto form after a really poor start is Andy Robbo. And after that, even Virgil hasn't looked the player that he was. And it's almost, it's not necessarily that he's he's poor defending, even though he has made a couple of mistakes this season. It feels a bit like when he gets the ball, he get rid of it. It's almost like he's thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll pass it back to Matip or to Canate or to Robbo. It, those great cross-field balls that he's done don't seem to happen as often. And that vision doesn't seem to happen as often. They're just, and across the whole team, you know, the big plays, Ivan Dykes and Salas, really look 60% of what they were 12 months ago. Yeah, I agree with you, Simon, there, because I, I just take it down to all the time I watch Liverpool now, I take it down to the lack of uh, uh, intensity and there's no 100% runs, there's no, like, belief and, you know, someone showing that I'm going to do something different. Like you said with Van Dijk, I think, you know, he's a great defender and he, he's still yeah. one of the best around, but it's something in the whole team and with him, you know, he's he's supposed to be a leader as well on the pitch and, He's not showing that when he's playing and there's no other players doing that. And I think also, like you mentioned, with a passing, it goes really slow. Uh, no one really showing that they want a ball. There's, there's not this collective um, feeling of we're going to do this together and actually fight for it. And that's what I really, really hate with football and especially with Liverpool. You can have your bad games. You can have your, you know, you lose some points, your bad performances. That's fine. And you can try to obviously, you know, um, turn that around. But when you see uh, the team that you love uh, having bad performances, but they don't put in the fight into the into the into the game. That's when I really get angry because I, I, don't, I, I don't mind if someone have a bad game or the team has a bad yeah. game every now and then because that can happen because the other team might just have their tactics right or they might just close you down and make it difficult for you. But when you, as soon as you stop fighting for hundred percent for for just trying, then when that's when I get really angry and frustrated because that's what I think they do. You know, I can't see players actually fighting hundred percent to get the points, even though the game plan doesn't work, even though the rhythm is not there. I, I want 100% fighting spirit, and we don't show that. And that's a big problem in my in my world as well. Do you find as well that you, you sometimes look at a game, and I think the last two games are a great example, and think, what actually are our tactics? What, what's been said before they go on the pitch? Because we don't press, we don't defend, we don't close, we don't win 50-50 balls. I'm going, what? What's been said to each of those players when you go on to pitch? Right, this is what we're doing today, lads. I, I I'm, a, I'm a, a loss to figure out the last sort of few games what we're actually doing. Yeah, I think that's that's scary as well because, like, I think I mentioned like Oxley Chairman and Simicast, like on the left, it doesn't really fill me with loads of confidence. And a Robbo needed a bit of a break, and we haven't got Jota and Diaz, so that's a major worry. We're having to, yeah, just. It's difficult because, like you said, Simon uh, Van Dyke gets the gets the injury as well. Um, he makes three subs, brings on Matip and Cater um, and Robbo as well. And we looked marginally better because what Robbo had the captain's armband. He was running down the left. He was making stuff happen. Uh, Naby Cater, for all as much as he's very frustrating, he he was at least trying something yeah. different. He was getting the ball on the edge, what playing one twos and trying to make something happen. To be fair to him. But it's we haven't got yeah like I said earlier like one dimensional just like springs the mind all the time and I think when you're missing key players it doesn't help but I think it, we're kind of it's loads of grey areas we're trying to do like looks like we're trying to do a load of little things rather than just going right let's just do 
two things great rather than four things average, if, if that yeah. makes sense. It's, it's bizarre. I almost wish we could play Man City every week. Because they're three <laughs> best performances. Even, even when we lost to them in the League Cup, you felt like that whole thing you were saying, Christian, about um, lack of effort. You couldn't fault the effort in that game. Um, you know, and then, you know, we beat them in the Charity Shield, we beat them at ours. And you think, those are great performances. But then, after we beat City, we then lose to Forest and Leeds, back-to-back. And, you know, that that is just... And the other thing that, I'm, that makes me slightly scared as well is, when I hear Klopp making excuses, I, I am always worried when a manager makes excuses and tries to pull out positives from an absolutely diabolical performance. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I, I read the... I can't remember his name now. Who scored for uh, for Brent for the the quick uh, uh, the striker? But anyway, he said something about you know when you have to, when you play in Liverpool, you have to play two hundred percent. You know, be, you know, and that says it all for me. Like they thinking about going out doing two hundred percent, you know, fighting and you know do everything to win. Uh, whereas I see when Liverpool plays that yes, like you said, we put in performances against like Man City. It's like we we just level us up uh, some you know levels in those games but every time we play you know smaller teams if you like it seems like we underestimate them we think that we are that good that we're just going to go out and actually win while they're actually putting great performances and know that they're going to be on the top level every time they play us and then we look sloppy and it's like we are shocked and amazed oh what they're doing with us like we should go out there and win this but it's like it's football you need to go out there and actually just in any kind of professional thing you need to actually go out and actually perform whether your work is to you know I don't know drive a train or play football you need to do it 100 percent because yeah. otherwise shit will happen and that's the thing and that's what annoys me that much at the moment that you see players just don't run back to defend properly you know they they don't seem to be at it 100 percent. and i think that's it's a major problem especially like you said simon as well when Klopp goes out and uh, makes excuses actually you know mostly defend the players and the team i would like him to be really angry and actually put yeah. uh, put um, a bit of pressure on the team saying like We've been shit. We've been really bad. This is not yeah, good yeah. for a club like Liverpool because that could have the opposite effect. Uh, instead of defending the and you know keep everything you know behind closed door and, and keep everyone safe and just defending his team, just saying blah blah blah. Instead, just yeah. go and have have you know uh, comments on them and say their performance is not good enough. And yes, it's on me because I'm the manager, but they need to step up as well. Maybe they will yeah. realize that we need to do something now. So. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to fix it, but you know, some you know say that uh, we're just going to keep going to keep on, you know, uh, playing games and do this. Yeah, but you know, the games will uh, keep on run out, and if we if we continue to have these really bad performances, we will absolutely hundred percent miss out on Champions League. You know, we can't yeah. go uh, and lose to Leeds and Nottingham. No disrespect to them, but you know, we need to win those games if we're even going to be in the top four uh, consideration. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Just getting frustrated yeah. now. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I, and that's the whole thing. But, but again, I, I think the, the the big thing for me is if you actually, if we actually had midfield, even allowing for the injuries we've got now, I actually think we'd all be having a very different conversation. I think that it, this all stems for me from the fact that can you really rely on a hundred percent in that midfield? You know, if you take the, the the equation of kind of injuries, inconsistency, we don't have a midfielder. You know, Hendo's first one, I love Hendo, but, you know, he gets injured. He, you know, he's getting towards the end of his career. Milner's 37 and he's been injured for like six weeks now. 
Um, Thiago, love him. Again, you know he's going to get injured. He's going to miss 10 games a season. Oxy Chamberlain, Keita, we've already discussed. Harvey Elliott is 19. Carvalho is 17. Curtis Jones is injured more often than he's not. Fabinho has a complete drop of form. There's nine midfielders in the club, none of whom you could rely on 100% during the season. And if you take, if you just had two midfielders you could rely on 100% of the season, then you suddenly were going, you know what? Yeah, it'll be all right here. I mean, I look at, I look at Arsenal. Odegaard who signed for, for 25 mil. Partey signed for 30. Both brilliant players. Both players that, that we could have had. And I'm not saying that we should have signed them, but and they're also modern footballers. I feel like our midfield is five years out of date in the way that we do things. You know, we, we, we don't have that kind of box-to-box energy that a modern midfielder has to have. Yeah, and I think that goes into what I said before about like maybe <clears throat> not strengthening at the right times to because like you said, the the gap between like um like we've got no one like twenty four, twenty five have we twenty six apart from Nabi Cater. I think that's the only one and he's he's never fit and when he is, he's yeah. you, you and, and he starts a game, you're waiting for him to do a sprint and, and then fall over with a with a with a damaged ankle or something, aren't you? So it's one of them. Like we need, I think Klopp, like behind closed doors, will know exactly what the problems are. But it's it's a case of getting players in, and it's just whether we can get them in, whether we've got the finances. Obviously, we've got Cody Gappo. We'll talk about a little bit on the Wolves game and stuff coming up. Uh, but I think midfield is 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 massive, and especially in the yeah. way that Liverpool want to play. Like you can't you can't play the way we want to play and not have the players to perform it in the right way because it's just it's you get you get in performances expectedly because that's that's exactly what we're trying to do to do it in a way where we're trying to implement tactics that we can't because we haven't got the the, the legs yeah. to do it. It's yeah. difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's just talk about. I mean, we we could go through all the other ones like. <laughs> Like you mentioned, Simon Forrest and Leeds, like fucking hell, that Leeds game. I was there. That was like a, I've never felt for ages more deflated than when they scored that that winner. Oh my god, that was a killer, a proper killer. But then we beat Spurs, we beat Southampton just before the World Cup. We're like, right, when the World Cup comes back, everyone's got five weeks to go and get stuff sorted. The lads that are at the World Cup will hopefully drop out early, come back, get ready. Um, And we talked about the Villa game, the Leicester game, the Brentford game. well, let's just talk about Wolves a little bit because I mean it'll be a nice break from the the Premier League. We've got Brighton, <laughs> we've got Brighton next uh, Saturday, haven't we? Away, which yeah. I'm not looking forward to. To be fair, they've just battered Everton four one. I have to mention that. Just, I just, I just have to. <laughs> uh, what What are you thinking for Wolves, Simon? Like, because obviously Gakpo will be ready. It'll be nice to see him a new signing. Um, we could see Doak and all of the players like that as well. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what team he puts out because I think we're probably all of the same opinion that the aim has got to be we've got to get Champions League because, you know, this whole thing that it's almost like Bellingham is this holy grail sitting there, but he's only going to come up and get Champions League. So we've got to do that. So there's a part of me sort of going, I don't really care what happens against Wolves and I don't really care what team he puts out. We get so many injuries, then you almost think the, the worst thing that can happen is we'll beat Wolves to get to the fourth round of the FA Cup we get two more players injured. Then we draw somebody in the next round and we get beat. And you go, what was the point of that? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those for me that I don't really, of course, I always want us to win. But I think in terms of priority, it's very low down on my list. Um, and just, just getting the new guy out there and watching him perform, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be worth it for that, no matter what other team he puts around. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking of that before as well. I was thinking it would be nice to progress in the FA Cup, obviously, because we went out of the League Cup. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Simon, in, in our world at the moment, it's Premier League that it's the focus to actually get the Champions League football. We, we play Real Madrid in not too uh, far future and we need to, you know, step up to be able to play them as well. Otherwise, we are out of that as well. So i rather you see Klopp actually... Uh, give the youngsters a chance and the reserves a chance and don't risk any injuries on our key players that we have at the moment because we need to go again against Brighton and we need to get the three points. We can't we can't continue to, you know, concede early, to lose points and stuff because and stuff because we will be too far behind the other teams. Obviously we were lucky now with some teams dropping points as well, but they I don't think they will continue to do that because some teams in the springtime have, you know, a, a run of five, six, seven, eight games where they just, you know, smash it like City can do yeah. or even Chelsea can do. They can find a way and we just need to make sure that we do the same. So I rather you see the youngsters play and uh, you know Gakpo as well with a bit of fresh air coming in the team and with Doke and Bicetti you know, let them play because I know obviously they are hungry. They want to show that they're going to be um, considered to play in the Premier League as well. And I think, you know, Doke has been uh, a, a bit of fresh air. He's only 17 coming in and just, you know, playing great football. So just give them the chance to let them run and have fun. And where do we go through? Yeah, that's brilliant. If we go out, yeah, then we can just focus on the Premier League. Yeah. So that's my opinion as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing Gakpo, to be fair, just to see what, yeah. what he's about because we've only seen. I mean, I've I've only seen bits of the World Cup and scored some really good goals. To be fair, but I feel like yeah. shots from outside the box. I think he's a he's a genius at them, and I feel like those, if he clicks in the right way for us, then he, and gets us goals and moments where we need them. I feel like if we get early goals in the current way we are, it helps us a lot yeah. because at least we know we're going to concede at some point, but at least we won't be one 0 down. <laughs> but, but it's funny, isn't it? Because we, we we always seem to create plenty of early chances, but then we don't we don't convert them, and then next thing you know we're behind. I mean, it, it just every single time we we're just half asleep. We just seem to be oh they're they're coming at us here like Canate for that first Brentford goal. So why are you standing still? You know what? And then sticking the leg out. It's almost like he's woken. Oh, there's the ball. Oh, it's gone to the back of the net. And don't get me wrong, he, he had a bad game, and I think he's a great player. I think he, you know, he looked very jaded from the World Cup. But yeah, the the, the early goal, because he's in that first goal all the time. It's embarrassing. Waiting for it to happen. Yeah, and if, like, you can't be a team like us, like especially. I think it's after last year as well. I think that skews it because we were just so amazing playing every game. You can. Um, got lucky with injuries, but everyone was in tip-top form. Um, so I think now when we're doing the way we are, you're like, oh, this is a major drop-off. But like last season was, <clears throat> it was a one-off, wasn't it? Like no one's ever got that far playing every game. In the um, in, you you can. So I mean, we need to be proud of that, but we also need to, like you said, Simon, just wake up and start to sort stuff out, even like little steps, like doing. Some some things very well because at the minute we're doing loads of things, but we're not doing them to the anywhere near the standard we should be. Winning a tackle would be good. Yeah, yeah, it would be. We we, we lose so many fifty fifties. But I'm I'm thinking now when we're playing Wolves in the FA Cup and we like we said we don't want to risk any injuries because we need to be fit and you know fighting in the Premier League. Um, With Calvin Ramsey, I I don't know if he's 
out again or not available. But the thing is done, should we who should we play like on the right back? Because obviously with Trent is brilliant, but we don't want to risk him. Maybe you need him to have a rest. Should Gomez go out there or should should he play central with, for example, Nat Phillips? I, I find, you know, it's it's a little bit annoying as well when there's some young players that you really want to see, like Ramsey, but he's never available. I, I know he had some back problems when he came to Liverpool and Klopp have said that as well. But it's just that I, who should we play? Because like Simon said, I I don't want to I don't want to risk anyone that is a key player that we might need in the Premier League, even to be, you know, rotating with for a substitution when it's needed, because we need to be uh, fit and be fresh for all the games that's coming up. Because you said as well, uh, Mick, as well, we're playing Wolverhampton now, then we have Brighton away, which will be tough. Then it's Chelsea's home. And then after that, we have Wolves and after that, coming up the Derby and Newcastle and Champions League. So there's, there's many <laughs> games that will be really, really important for us to be back on track in some way because there will be tough games and Man United is in the start of March as well I think uh, so you know it will go quick we're in uh, the start of January now but we need to have this time now to actually make sure we can try to turn things around and don't risk the key players in like for example the FA Cup on Saturday because that would be do stupid you, do you think we'll sign that do you think we'll sign a midfielder in this window or not um, Christian what do you think I, um, I, I don't think we will I mean I think I don't I'm dreaming. I'm hoping, but I don't think it will happen. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah. How many days have we got? We've got like what twenty six days until the window ends. So there's a lot of time. But yeah, we I know when Liverpool like... does things, it happens really, really quick, though. But it's just the, yeah. the, the feeling that you get from the comments from Klopp or you know people around the club or even journals on the, you know Twitter that know things. It, you don't get the feeling, but obviously we didn't know about Gakpo. so you never know. But I don't want to have yeah. my hopes up because I'm going to be it. really disappointed. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, I think it's better to be ready for it not to happen and then be surprised if it does. Yeah. like that's the best way to be because yeah. if you, I mean mentioned Twitter like every episode like but like there's people just like who care more about transfers than they do about like Liverpool winning oh, football yeah. matches which is it's it's crazy yeah. but I understand it now because we need we do need I think collectively as a fan base for the like the first time on transfers we all agree we need quite a few players in midfield uh yeah. but it just depends whether we I mean who would you, if you if you had to bring in one Sam and who would you Go for if it apart from Bellingham because apart from Bellingham, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 again, sometimes the the World Cup and the European Championships flatter to deceive. But um, is it Amrahat, the the Moroccan guy? He looked like Fabinho used to be for us. He looked like the kind of player that could do a job for us and wouldn't be particularly expensive. And you sort of think it's a realistic target. He looks like somebody that that, that could do a job. As I say, having said that, it might well be as a great World Cup and then, you know, he's actually isn't that good. And players that play in the Italian league tend not to do brilliantly in the Prem. So you just don't know. But I like the look of him as a, as a possibility. Um, after that, then, you know, then you're in dreamland really, aren't you? You know, you sort of think, well, Declan Rice would be good. We'll have a little bit of him. Um, <laughs> you know, but I can't, I can't see that one happening either. No, I mean, it's like, yeah... I mean, we're trying to shop in like a different market, aren't we? To the likes of, like the the prices are just crazy. Like, I mean, like and even like ten years ago, they were bad, but they just they're just getting steadily worse. Like hundred, what at West Ham one like hundred and twenty million for Rice, which is like he's a he's a good player and all that, but Jesus Christ, yeah. like it's, English premiums are mad. Yeah, but it's the same with uh, Enzo Fernandez in Benfica. Like he was yeah. bought in the summer and he's only only been there for half a year, and they, I, I can't remember what the 
bought him for like 35 million pounds or something like that. And now, obviously, obviously he got this release clause or whatever. It's for 102 million pounds or if it's even more, I don't know. And they really, really want that. And I know I read something about Chelsea, Chelsea just yeah. offering like 85. And they said, no, you need to come back with the release clause uh, fee. And, you know, that's... A great amount of money for someone. Yes, he's proven himself in the Portuguese League. He's proven himself in the World Cup. Obviously, he won the World Cup and he was great there. But it's also like very a lot of money for someone that you're not sure might be able to do it in the Premier League straight away. He's only 21 That's or something, it. so he got the time. But it's loads of money for someone that just had a brilliant World Cup and been good for Benfica, but come to play in the Premier League for the likes of Chelsea or Liverpool, whatever. It might be a totally different story as well. So there's loads of money. So I understand the how the club's thinking as well. Because if he was only like 40, 50 million pounds, yes, it could be a risk, but you can get the money back for someone who's only 21. But if you pay that much money, you will never have the money back if he doesn't succeed yeah. in your club. I think also, if he was that amazing, why was nobody wanting to sign him before the World Cup? Surely, surely football clubs are slightly more kind of like savvy than that. And go, oh, he's had a good, he's had a good two-week tro- tournament. Suddenly, he's worth a hundred million. I mean, it is the slight worry about Gakpo, that isn't it? That you know, he's had a great World Cup, but it, you know, Liverpool say he was on their radar, and, and hopefully that that's the case. But you know, we've all been caught out with that in the past. I mean, you think um, Phil Bab being a prime example for Liverpool. And uh, and Paborski for United, you know, they, they had a good a good international tournament, then they come to the Prem and then they can't do it. So you know, you, El you do deal. Yeah, Salaf yeah, Salaf oh. Jones. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no need for that kind of language. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant that... in the World Cup 2002, and then shit uh, for us, and a really you know a crappy per- a person as well. So yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, no, like, obviously, this is just audio, but I just went Simon's face then when we said Salaf Jowan, El Hadjouf. We just, like, brought, like, a load, back <laughs> loads of, like, repressed <laughs> memories from a, lo- a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, not good. I mean, I mean, let, let's just end the pod there then, because it's not going to get worse than El Hadjouf and Salaf Jow, is it? But, um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Nice one, um, Christian, and nice one, Simon, for pleasure as always to, um, to talk to you. But, um, Really appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us. To, I mean, I would have liked it to have been in better circumstances with Liverpool winning some games and, and whatever else, but I suppose next the show time. has to go next on. Time. You have to. Yeah, next time, next time. <laughs> the show has to go on. You have to talk about it. Yeah. Actually, actually, Mick, have you noticed this, the fact that uh, I've only, the first time I spoke to you was after the Fulham game, and since then, then we've been absolutely crap. So I actually, maybe it's your podcast is actually the reason why <laughs> Liverpool are having such a bad season. I think you have to hold your hands up there a little bit and sort of like accept the fact that you're probably, you're, you are the reason. Oh, no, because they're never part of the problem and then we'll have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look for the, the results, it is pretty shit to be fair. But yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been going since 2018 when we were good. So, yeah, I think I think we're the reason it started maybe off to be me. good. Maybe, maybe I'm the reason. Maybe you're the reason. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it won't stop us getting you on every week? But it'll be fine. We'll just we'll just we'll just keep moaning to each other about it and crying fine. after every pod. Fine. Be fine. <laughs> you feel so much better after you had these kind of conversations because you even if we had the chat maker after Brentford game and you got it out of the system, it's nice to talk about it again and talk about another game and you know have these conversations with people who share your own emotions and love for a club because you kind of just get it out there and you feel a relief afterwards like ah it's it's nice instead of just thinking about it in your own head and just getting really annoyed it's it's just good to get out of the system so that's good
Yeah, it is indeed. But um, yeah, nice one, everyone, for listening. It's been an, a pleasure to have Simon on again. What, what was that? Sorry, Simon. Cheers, mate. All right, see you again soon. Nice one. We'll see you all very yep. soon. Nice see one. See Take it easy. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.